Everyone, we wanted to take a quick moment to thank all the listeners, the viewers, and of course the patrons out there. The team here at Vector Sigma hopes that we can bring a little levity and a distraction from the weight of the real world. Time is always precious, but that has become even more obvious now. We want to say that we really do appreciate everyone out there that's spending their time with us. Welcome back, everyone, to Tech Talk, or pseudo-Tech Talk. This one's going to be a little bit different, folks. It's kind of a, a supplemental episode, something new that we're trying. I am joined, as always, by that guy down there, Scott of VectorSigma.info, but we do have a special guest this time around. Now, in the past, we've exclusively had either other members of the team. In the past, John and Dan have joined us. And then we've had some official Wizards of the Coast representation, but this time we're reaching out into the Transformers community and we have a special guest that I'm going to let introduce himself right now. So special guest, you tell us who you are. Hi, uh, my name is Chris Vangelis on the internet. You can call me Chris Vangelis if you like, like the mind freak. <laughs> Yes. I'm, uh, I'm a, a person who likes Transformers. I've been making a podcast on TFW 2005 since 2008, and I've been making, separately, videos about toys and Transformers on YouTube since 2008. And I've been making uh, podcasts and videos about the Transformers TCG since 2008, and isn't that crazy? Because I had <laughs> one decade future thought on that one. Uh, looks like I was right. So, Man. so do you have any other predictions for us going forward? Please tell me something Wave positive. Six. Titan Omega Supreme is coming. Uh, we're going to introduce the Action Master <laughs> Tech into the game. It's going to be great. One-sided cards. Hey, Transformers uh, Red. It's a possibility, right? Heck yeah! yeah. I'm kind of, I'm trying to hide between between that and Rotor Storm bringing in almost all of Supreme's color palette into mm -hmm. the 2020s. Like I'm. We're getting close. I have to admit, a lot of the Earthrise reveals and other lines and things like that do have me excited now in this dual capacity. I mean, it has since the inception of the Transformers TCG, but it's it's really excited me. And every time I see a reveal now, it's, oh, well, I could get the toy. And what could that character do? What could this, how could this tell us or inform us about future sets? Or Because obviously there has to be a very close relationship, and there is, between those two design teams. Oh, yeah. It's even gone the other way around. Like, the, the Rainmaker 3-pack became mm -hmm. the, the I want a toy of Ion Storm now that release <laughs> weekend is over 3-pack, because I had fun with Ion Storm. I, uh, I will admit that I've been trying to hunt down Sky Shadow, who I never had any interest in, even with the brief cameo in the comics, and then mm -hmm. now that he's becoming a little more prevalent, we'll say, as a result of the game, I've been scouring eBay and other places. So there, there's been a thing going on where a lot of people have been indoors. I don't know if you, you guys have been going through that too, but um, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I have, the one thing that I have drifted from a lot was the TCG because that was almost 100% an in-person thing for me. So I got one box of of, uh, of Titan Masters, which is cool, and I was and I was I was keeping up with a lot of the spoilers before release, and that was fun. And I saw Sky mm. Shadow, and I was like, well, this is cool. And then I I keep up here and there. The what I saw basically is like I should check in on the Facebook group. And I think I saw. I think it might have been Stefan who was like, "So, do we got to ban Sky Shadow or unban TCG?" I was like, "I was like, what the hell have y'all been doing while I've been over was here it, solo board games? What on?" <laughs> it's like that meme where uh, was is it Donald Glover? He walks in from uh, is a community that oh, show yeah, where he yeah, walks walk in, in with the pizzas and everything's on fire. I walk in with the pizzas. People are like, "Unban PTA. Sky Shadow's broken, quaking, horrible." Everywhere. I'm like, I'm like, what? A, yeah, okay, but I could see how that could be a shock if you were away for a little while. But yeah. uh, it's funny because uh, you were talking about your, your history with, well, everything Transformers, I guess, <laughs> going all the way back, well, more than a decade at this stage. And I I remember, in, and I know you love hearing these stories because from listening to the show, this is where it's going. I remember when I got back into things and I found you guys and I was listening to it and it, it I did kind of have that same thing of like, wow, all this stuff is going on. I remember this stuff as a kid trying to get back in and things like that. So it, it's a little amusing hearing it from the other end oh, in yeah, that oh, capacity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes me excited because um, I'm, I'm going to be at Octagon. Thank you, Cameron, arbitrary hero, by the way, who, who very patiently, I said this in the pre-show, very patiently for like the fourth time has given me the Octagon links to try <laughs> to get myself hooked up. Right. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm trying to find, I, I, my webcam 
has gone missing. And then uh, did you know that right now webcams and paint respirators are very hard to find? Huh. Yeah, um, that, that's weird. That's weird. How I, didn't that know, works. I didn't know there was webcams were so hard to find. That's interesting. I didn't yeah, either I, until about uh, two huh. weeks ago. And then, yeah, I uh, did hear about that. I was looking around. Sense, I, yeah. Yeah, I was on Amazon, and I was like, it's weird how I don't recognize any of these brand names. <laughs> and all of the product titles are like f- 400 words long and, and just saying what the webcam does. Uh, apparently, <laughs> my, my mom, who's over on the West Coast, was looking around. She gave me a little report. She went into uh, London Drugs, fine West Coast Canadian brand uh, drugstore, went gotcha. to the computer and said, hey, um, I know it's silly, but you guys got webcams? They literally burst out laughing. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> they were like, I, when I thought about it, I was like, oh yeah, every single household with children needs a webcam now. Yep. Every yeah. single working professional working from home needs a webcam now. That's probably mm-hmm. what happened. It adds huh. up real uh, quick. It adds yeah. up real quick. I'm glad that we were, and speaking of playing remotely, obviously we've been running our stuff, so hopefully you can get in on it if you're ever, ever able to scrounge up a webcam, because we'd love to have you on there. I'm gonna. Uh, I, I, I dismantled all my Wave 4 decks. Took me a while, because I uh, built a lot of nonsense. I, I, I organized all my Wave 5 cards. They all still fit into my binder. Nice. Uh, my poor, suffering binder. Um, <laughs> it, it helps that the sets are like 60-some cards now. If they were all 80, then like I don't know what yeah. I would do. I, I like having it all in one binder. I just re- recently reorganized into multiple binders, and it was a sad moment, because I, I like the idea of, this is my Transformers binder. These are all my play sets, and now oh. it's split scott what? never had that because he has like a treasure chest yeah i'm in, I'm in the whole room right now <laughs> he a built his, there, yeah, he built a chair out of the, out of the boxes <laughs> in the guards the there's like four cases on the floor right now there's 10 <laughs> boxes of wave two back there wave two yeah sealed boxes box wave yeah it's 10 boxes i just bought a wave two. i mean once upon a time peace through tyranny was going to be this not peace through tyranny <laughs> press the advantage nearly the same acronym yes uh, yeah. <laughs> it's close um, yeah, I, 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 uh, I mean, I have my second play sets. I do keep in a Legion garage in a bunch of deck boxes. Mm. I, I double place at everything. Gotcha. Uh, but my, my, for once upon a time, I had all of my, my single play sets and all my characters in one double-sided binder and it was the oh, coolest okay. thing. Yeah. And that ended like as soon as wave two started. <laughs> yeah. It does feel good doing that where it, there's just something both aesthetically and it, it's like those perfect video gifts where it's like just someone solving a Rubik's cube perfectly the first time, never moved, or like the way people do calligraphy. There's something nice about it being yeah. all in one spot. Yeah, and I, like obviously, like we we wanted. You know, hey, little spoiler for the listeners: we were, we we're going to talk about some non-TCG stuff that's related to Transformers. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I got I got TCG on my mind only because literally I've mostly just been talking about it off and on with Aaron uh, on podcast and with my friend mm-hmm. Hoopla who also pops on our podcast sometimes. Nice. Uh, me, and, me and Hoopla, actually, here's another thing. Uh, I'm also an up-and-coming TCG gameplay content creator. Nice. Uh, I have four TCG videos I shot four months ago that I never <laughs> edited because lockdown has put me in a weird time dilation. I'm thinking I'm just going to smack them all together into one giant uh, Wave 4 time capsule video that's about five hours long. Oh, boy. Because uh, <laughs> it's, it's like... I, I still want to share my fund uh, Energon uh, Invitational Deck Tech, even though that's a million years ago now. <laughs> I think that's still, you know, it, it, aside, time capsule idea aside, I think it is beneficial to still have stuff from EI. It is the the ultimate event that we have in the game's lifespan so far. So late or not, I think it's still worth putting that out there. Yeah, I, I'd like to, because I, I, I ran Octone, and it was a lot of fun. Uh there was a lot about the mental game of EI mm. that I really like talking about. Like as someone who, like I always have asserted it, like I got into into actually playing card games heavily when Dominaria hit nostalgia hooks in me for Magic back in like 2018. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then it was basically from that straight into Transformers TCG. Because did you know that fo- trying to follow Magic the Gathering standard like is this long road of of like financial sadness? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like okay, standard's really fun for like a year. But then it stops. It's like, okay, I guess I can go play Commander. And, like, that's fun. But playing Commander with random people sometimes is, like, the biggest dice roll ever. Because it's like, am I sitting down with people wanting to have a good time? Or am I sitting down with people who, like, really want to perform for me and I didn't know I was sitting down for a magic show? Exactly. It's like playing any kind of board game in that sense where it's 
it's better if you know the group going in or you are comfortable with the group going in. You don't. It's tough to say play a tabletop RPG like D and D with random people as well for the similar reasons. Yeah. Where it's just those other play styles are fine. They just aren't necessarily compatible with what I was hoping for this time. Yeah, and, and for a pick up and play, like sit down, have a one day tournament kind of thing, like standard outside of rotation, I feel works great for that because it's a set of new cards and everyone's playing with them. And we're, we're playing a game that is designed to be a two out of three within an hour. Right. As opposed to like the like my second commander game where I had someone who was doing a graveyard thing with Muldrotha. Right. And then there was someone who had a deck that was able to clone another deck. So they just turned their deck into the oh, Muldrotha boy. deck. <laughs> and and it was those t- it was three guys having a fight. And then <laughs> she went and got dinner and came back and, and you're like, me with my vampires. Yeah. <laughs> it was me with my vampires building my vampire castle, and then a fifth player with elves who was just like, Someday I'm gonna kill all of you. <laughs> Especially if you guys don't involve yourselves in the elf <laughs> politics because it's just oh, good. they're gonna yeah. do their thing. <laughs> me me and Elf Guy would have like two minute turns and then we would watch the other three guys each take twenty minutes. That's fair. And uh, and they would all apologize to us. One of them blamed the Muldrotha guy constantly, going, "I wouldn't be doing this if not for him." And I was like, "Yeah, but man, self determination." Yeah, I was about to say uh, you have some <laughs> some agency in this. You you don't right. have to. There's not a script that you have to follow. Yeah, and and my magic thing kind of came to. I mean, I still I, the thing about magic is I like playing it. The system, the game system, playing it with some friends is fun and is straightforward and it can get goofy. And then I, I, I had built up one modern deck because I thought the Eldrazi looked cool. And then mm-hmm. I read up about the quote-unquote Eldrazi winter, and I was like, ah because I'm doing Eldrazi and <laughs> Tron, so everyone's going to get upset. Uh, Tron are a, a fancy pants land that I had. I had some childhood yep. cards, and I had all the Tron lands. Right. Uh, I built that one deck, and it was all right. And modern, like I played modern once with, with, uh, with someone, and it was all right. But then uh, they, they did that one of those big releases of, here's a bunch of reprints. And I was like, okay. And the boosters are three times the cost. And I was like, what's going on? Yeah, about that. And then I, and then I, I still keep up with magic because, you know, the mm. whole fetch land thing. And, and, and that became my whole thing about modern is like 80% of this, this format that is the other one to go to is locked off by these ridiculously expensive land cards. And the reprints mm-hmm. of them are built on the back of them being expensive. So that, that made me really happy that the Transformers has remained so solid because like... We have, like, our expensive cards that you need at, at most, like, one or three of, depending. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's like, what's the biggest expenditure you're going to do? I might spend 100 Canadian on Galaxy Prime because I haven't pulled them. But with this game, like, the only cards I'm missing from Wave 4 are Galaxy Prime and Lord Megatron. I'd like to get them sometime, but I have so many other cards and I like so many other decks anyway that I can proxy those guys for playing for fun. And then of for course. tournaments, I got so much else I can select from that I enjoy. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a, an important f- distinction. I mean, Magic has its own history and baggage that inform all the things that you were just describing. Because I think anybody who's played Magic is hearing, maybe they don't recognize the specific cards you're referring to, but they've had the exact same conversation either with someone or themselves of, man what is going on with this and what are the requirements, but Transformers definitely dodges a lot of those bullets because of, well, there's a, because of all that baggage and history, those Watsy yeah. guys, I, I, I hear they know what they're doing and they can kind of, you know, shift yeah. gears a little bit more easily and readily on this game. To a degree, I empathize uh, somewhat with the plight of working on magic in the, the, the 2000s even. Yeah. Like, with all that baggage and having to accommodate all of it, it sounds like it is incredibly stressful. Uh, as well as having to message things in the most ridiculous way that are obviously <laughs> not from the design end, where it's like you have to mm. communicate, we're doing this Fetchland 5-pack. Uh, it comes in a really nice suitcase. This suitcase alone <laughs> is worth like 100 bucks so nice it's got hinges and i'm like oh my god this poor dude has to straight face just (laughs) yeah and he had to run it through five five or six people to approve it first before it hit the public and it's like man i do envy that particular position i have to say yeah there's all kinds of stuff like that now i see in facebook ads it's like this three card set for like a hundred dollars and yeah and what's funny is a lot of those will end up being a better deal that because of reasons you know well, they're, they're doing print-to-order magic cards now, which is neat. Like, on the, on the toy side of things, made-to-order toys are, like, a whole thing that are... Yeah. It's, it's a neat idea. 
it's just like magic cards are so super weird where it's like we're doing print to order the price point happens to line up with the aftermarket of some of these cards and aftermarket we do not acknowledge uh but also if we were to ever crash at aftermarket we don't know what would happen to both us and the local game stores and i'm like this is it it's like three venomous spiders got in a fight and also we're all like building a web on each other Mm. and i don't know what i feel bad for for uh a lot of folks who have to go through that because magic players when they're the cool magic players i met are so cool they're so fun and i feel like the game they have to deal with is almost the biggest bummer there's there's a lot of metagames surrounding magic, <clears throat> excuse me, and not necessarily the actual strategic metagame as a result yeah. of all these things. <laughs> like in Transformers, it's one thing to to think about your pip ratios, to think about your character synergies, etc. It's like, okay, so let's do all that. Now imagine that you also have to plan around, well, if I'm going to run aggro, I need to uh, I need to lay out $300 to make sure i got playsets of these two cards. Mm-hmm. And... Right. Uh, <laughs> If I'm going to run aggro uh, efficiently, I need to make sure I've got these specific editions of these characters. And I, this right. one I could sub in who's, uh, you know, is one, um, let's say, one unit slower, one unit of time slower. Uh-huh. I could put that in, but it'll it'll wipe me out of top 20 immediately. And I like I like that our version of math is, is con- like you said, it's contained sort of to the actual game. Yeah. As opposed to, like, thinking about the financial aftermarket and stuff. And yeah. Someday we may hit that, but I feel like steps have been... I feel like steps are constantly taken to mitigate our aftermarket uh, outside of, like, what almost literally have been referred to as mistakes, like that original convention pack. Yeah, and I think maybe not explicitly because of that convention pack, but again, calling back to Wizards' own history and their own experience, it's just... They've all played games. Yeah, and they all know what's going on, and nobody's everybody's a, an intelligent individual that's involved with this, and they can see and predict what's likely to happen. But by the nature of both the rule set and the deck building constraints, and then compounded with the experience and the skill set of the people behind it, I, I mean, yes, you are correct. It's entirely possible we could see security checkpoints. Hopefully, you know, ten, fifteen years from now, we're still playing Transformers CCG and they're now at the equivalent level of fetch lands, but I think there are going to be factors to mitigate it between now and then if it got that far. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think I think they're going to reprint Security Checkpoint. Like, I think it's it's going to be a, a big event. It's going to be kind of like a... It'll be a Facebook post, but I, yeah. I think they're going to reprint Security Checkpoint. It's, it's definitely going to be an interesting discussion as we get closer to the... the uh, I don't want to say looming, but the inevitable rotation that will happen. It's been brought a bunch of, brought up a bunch of times and what that new environment's going to look like, how they want to handle eternal formats, all that fun stuff. It's going to be very interesting, and it's a, definitely an adjective that I use way too much, but I think that's the most appropriate one for this. I never really thought about it much, but um, when Titan Masters Attack came out, I had I had uh, one person mention to me, like, oh man, it's it's starting to feel like I missed the boat on getting into this game. Because there's five waves out now, and I'm like, I like the idea that our waves all stay relevant, but like I can't deny, um, like it is kind of daunting. Like you need to have someone lead you into it now. Like, like exactly. when someone when someone's like, "How do I get in the game?" I'm like, "Well, there's multiple. Thankfully, there's multiple ways. If you want to just have a good time, uh, I can tell you some teams you can build for like twenty bucks that are legit fun." Like uh, I don't know how they hang now, but like a lot, like a couple of the MicroMaster teams in Wave Four were so fun. Oh, absolutely! But but also like if someone wants to do it, they're like, are you going to just buy a box? If you're just going to go in saying I can buy two boxes, I'll be like, well, you might as well do the Energon edition then, because you'll get a box of Wave One and yep. then a stack of characters and some goofy dice. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but yeah. Uh, Oh man, I forgot the point I was making. Uh, <laughs> oh, you were talking about how hard it is to get into the game, and then just the energon to right, right. base. Yeah, with rotation, like I, I, I don't know that rotation would be so awful now, as long as there was, like you said, some kind of eternal format, uh, mm. or at least the concept of one laid out. Uh, because then, yeah, it, it would it would make the game accessible. I think there would be a moment of like when we rotate, we are going to introduce new double pip cards that alter the power scaling that wave right. one somewhat inadvertently created. Um, yeah, so there will it, it, be replacements for those PTTs, those checkpoints, assuming they go the way of the Dodo, of course, 
without knowing. But if they yeah. do, we'll get a replacement. I'm very curious what those would be because they are, to your point, laying the foundation in even Titan Master's Attack with Laser Scalpel as the the improvised shield of Black Pips. Yeah. That sort of thing. So presumably we'll have those outlines fleshed out as we get closer. I know they've said it isn't going to be this year, so... Obviously, yeah. plans given other things may change in general, but I think that one's probably safe to to stand by. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the the thing I'm excited about with more waves is like I uh, the thing about I, I should end my little magic story by saying mm. the thing I ended up really enjoying uh, at the end of my really looking at magic uh, time period was Pauper. Yeah. So uh, and, and we've messed around with with commons only a little bit over here in Toronto. Um, mainly, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to build a common wave four. I'm going to I'm going to build a commons only deck that we should ban if we ever do commons only. Uh, and a friend of mine... Yeah, there's uh, my a few tweets Hoopla, to it from what I've heard. For yeah, the format, my, I mean. My, my, my friend Hoopla was also running um, the... Uh, I always call them the, the Sky Jerk Patrol, but the Decepticon plane team mm -hmm. with Tailwind, uh, who yep. mathematically were ridiculous. Yes, uh, if, I would and, imagine. Uh, <laughs> so, so he was running... We actually we ran some math on them on our own, and we were like, mm -hmm. yeah, the math on this deck is kind of just... This is insane. So we ran them, and then I was running Springer with the off-road patrol. Gotcha. And uh, and we were like, let's headbutt these things together, and then we'll just play them against other people's actual real decks, and then we can establish this baseline of like, hey, maybe we, sh if we do want to run commons only as a, as a as a friend agreement, let's all just avoid these ones. Yeah. And see what else. We do. <laughs> There's been some discussion, and as at the time of this recording, it's not officially up yet, but the end of our uh, sealed event for the. Uh, Type Masters Attack release, Dan had gone around and did profiles for each of the people that top aided. And one of the questions we asked was, you know, what other formats would you like to see in future tournaments, Pauper or some derivative thereof being one of them? And a few people, and it obviously spurred some conversation on our Discord, and a few people had thoughts along the same lines as you that, yeah, there's, it sounds exciting, but there definitely would be things that have to get looked at ahead of time just because. Yeah, you got you got to do it. You got to you got to get together with some friends and and think of what would we not want to play, and yeah. then let's play it, and, and then and, we'll see if we can confirm and see if it's actually right. that bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then there's also the con like I think a bigger conversation is if you, if there was going to be a popper format, I forgot the name. Someone really wanted it to be called, and I apologize if they're listening. Uh, I know people threw around Junkion, but I don't Junkion. know. That's, is that the one you're thinking? Okay. Yeah, so, someone else I know was really pushing that name. It's, it's not a bad one. I'm just so used to saying popper because I never mm. say the word otherwise. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, the other one is is whether or not uncommons can feed in there. And I remember yes. I was I was saying like there's a there's a good and a bad. The bad to me, or not not bad necessarily. There's an up and a down. To me, the kind of down is that introduces all of the battle masters, which yep. I think changes what that format would be. Definitely would skew uh, it. Yeah. The downside is that no uncommons eliminates all of the combiner enigmas for better or for worse, uh, mm. which which could mess around with the idea of some of the common combiner teams, at least like being enticing for folks to want to jump on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's something that I'm kind of hoping now that we're at wave five, it feels like the card pools get bigger and bigger. And it, it's, there's more, there's, I always, I always love seeing the cards that like people aren't going to use a whole ton down the road, but that are really clearly there to fill gaps for limited Absolutely. formats. Yeah. And they always, I always look at them and think that someday that's going to be a thing on my popper list. Yep. I've uh, definitely had that cross my mind as the card pool grows because that has been my opinion up to this point for that until wave five. And even still at this point, it it's surprising. I mean, you say, okay, strip out everything, but commons, obviously most people are going to go, okay, that cuts down the card pool a lot, but it actually cuts it down a lot. And you may not necessarily realize it until you go ahead and try it. Yeah. That's, that's why I like, I think in one of our podcasts, I even said like the thing I quietly get really excited for, that I never, I'm never going to tell someone to get excited about it, is when there's a common that gets revealed, which is like, it's like these two commons, but now with this pip color. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that that like actual so. thought goes through my head, yeah. Because <laughs> we're, it's, it's maybe like, I, I, I like set filling, you know, I like completion, yep. and I like, okay, now we got that one with a black pip. Now we got that one with a, with a blue pip. The set's finished. Yep. And, and it, uh, is, it is going to be important for that sort of thing. It, whether from the limited perspective, which obviously we've been dealing with a lot recently because of Sealed, or as you're saying for Pauper, or even other potential formats, because it's always in the back of my head lurking around what other non-standard formats are there, because from having played a ton of, of games 
competitively and casually in the past, it's always, you know, there's a plethora of different options. And a lot of them realistically just have to wait until the card pool balloons. But mm -hmm. once it does, the sky's the limit for a lot in a lot of capacities. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I know. I know this is a this is a Transformers fan podcast, not necessarily a Transformers TCG <laughs> podcast. Yeah. But uh, my, my one last thing is well, the thing that I've tunnel visioned on while in lockdown has been solo board gaming. Yes, uh, which which is a fascinating uh, field to start looking into. That can also result in spending lots of money when you can't go to toy stores and you have yes, flying. <laughs> I've uh, had that experience. <laughs> but uh, the, the whole time I was doing it, I was like, uh, this is a bit of a weird story. Not weird, but at the Energon Invitational, I met, um, I always mess up one of the consonants in his name. Blaine. Blaine? That, that is a person? I'm not uh, sure. <laughs> Infinite, Infinite Springer Blaine? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, he's the one who put the idea in my head because he said on his, his very long tra transit to the EI that he had played a bunch of solitaire. Mm. Um, I never thought about playing Solitaire Transformers, and he, he basically said, like, there, enough of the game, in Wave 4 at least, could be laid out, like, kind of sequentially, that it's not it's not an awful experience, uh, at least to, like, train mechanics or just see how decks headbutt each other mm -hmm. to, to run Solitaire. Uh, and then with Wave 5, one of the things I'm really excited about with Wave 5 is that there's more secret actions, and that's something I've had trouble dealing with when I tried doing... I, I played some Solitaire at the EI in my hotel room, and it was kind of fun trying to test like which deck I wanted to enter. Gotcha. And uh, I, I the, the more secret actions there are that I want to mess with, the less I can kind of assume the character of another player. Yes. <laughs> um, so I kind of ran into a wall there. So what I've been thinking about lately, as far as another format that people could maybe brainstorm, I, I'm sure someone else thought of it. We got like three city bots now, one of whom, only one of whom is really depressing to try to run. Because yeah. boy, a bunch of us tried trip. A bunch of us tried trip to yeah. so much. Yeah. I I will proponent so many what I would call mid tier fun like mid boss decks. I love King Starscream. I love mm -hmm. Stratagem Volcanicus. When I tried that Stratagem out, like when they revealed it, uh, or what I forgot if we revealed it or not. But I, whoever revealed it, right, right. I, I like just I just built a deck assuming I had the Stratagem, and I suddenly had so much fun because every now and then I'd be like, all right, bold thirty inverted. Yeah, <laughs> flip over uh, my whole deck and annihilate that guy. <laughs> oh, it was good times. I love those. Th three of us in Toronto really gave it the good old college try with Triptychon. And it was just like, sometimes I, I feel really clever. <laughs> oh, I feel so clever when I happen to draw three cards at the, at the right, right time. Uh, uh, and I like I tried building around card. I was like, I'm going to build this deck with the idea that my win con ooh. is I do the thing once. And, and even then, it was like, all right, I win one in three games. It By yeah, just completing the thing, not even necessarily. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah I have, this it's is tough. a quest deck. I have a quest Yeah, exactly. Deck. It's, uh, but you were going with I'm where I, or not to put words in your mouth, but where I assume you're going with it is do suit the conspiracy raid mechanics sort of thing. Boss fights. Yeah. Boss fights. Yeah. There's, there's a couple other games I've messed with that are, I mean, there's games like Aeon's End that are just literally Aeon's end is it is boss fights uh, -huh. uh with, with with deck building in a market and, and oddly no shuffling which is an interesting uh, part mm. of that game okay so you build you you, you re basically when your deck runs out you flip your discard pile over and that's your deck and when you when you spend cards at the end of your turn you can put them in discard in a certain order so you can kind of build oh, what okay. your next deck will be it's, it's, it's fascinating interesting and, and does not conform to my brain very well i still get <laughs> like i'm like all right i set up my next two turns draw my hand to five. Oh wow you know, like I, I just looked at those. Like, wow, how did that happen? Yeah, I've I've done that to myself in other games, but yeah. So I've, every now and then, when I'm in the shower or uh, or you know in the washroom doing various uh, things that are horrible, uh, that you know biology. Yes. Um, I'm like you know Metroplex and Metroplex's alt just feel like there's an enemy AI that could be built for them. Yes, and and not necessarily like literally run them as a player, but like you you know you probably run them with a deck of some kind, but right, like right. there's some kind of enemy AI like Metroplex is is so straightforward, uh, and also you know just variable enough. Like I feel like there's a boss fight version of Metroplex that could be designed. Mm -hmm. uh, I would agree. And I'm always I'm always I'm always thinking about that. Fort Max, unfortunately, I, all I've done is is looked at his funny cards and been like, yes, cool, it's Fort Max. <laughs> I haven't played him at all, but I, I've been I've been I've been tweaking Metroplex decks for myself since like he came out, and I, I love that dude. Metroplex, so. or excuse me, Fort Max feels a lot like Metroplex in that when you hit it, it feels fantastic, and 
Sometimes you don't hit it. It doesn't feel quite as fantastic. But yeah. uh, he, I definitely like that idea. And it's something I've been toying with. I know we were busting Drew's chops at some point, I want to say, around EI or or maybe a little bit before that about, oh, you know what it was? It, we had him on right when the Hasbro Kickstarter equivalent, whatever they, I forget what it's called. Oh, they had yeah, Unicron. Haslabs. Yeah, yeah Haslabs. So when they had the Haslabs Unicron, we had Drew on relatively like the week oh, afterwards just because okay. of the way the scheduling worked out. And I was asking him a question. He cut me off at, like mid-question. He's like, look, it's not Unicron. <laughs> it, these are not, it's not going to be Unicron. I'm like, <laughs> internally it hurt. I laughed it off, but it, it hurt inside. But that's where I pictured like your idea. We could definitely do it with the existing stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that materializes in some capacity because I do feel that while I love the competitive end of the game, of course, I think there's obviously a large set of fans that are in it because they're primarily Transformers first, card game second. And I think if they treated that experience as a board game, for lack of a better way to describe it, mm-hmm. it would perform really well. Or I could be making things up and it'll do terrible. I don't know. But it I feels could, like could, that's an obvious one. I could see Unicron as a multi-card character where every you either have the multiple cards laid out in planet form mm-hmm. and then you flip all of them in its robot form. So you have a guy who, who's literally a planet. You have segments that you're fighting, kind of, kind of like yep. uh, in the Power Rangers board game. Uh, Got, they have some yeah. boss fights where, where there's characters who are literally like six different cards, and you're fighting sectors of them at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that feels like it would thematically work for Unicron. It feels right. like it would be doable in this game because it would make Unicron into his own team of a sort. Right. The way um, I was kind of picturing it and the way they could also integrate some of, I know these are some of Scott's favorite characters, but if you considered... Cyclonus and Scourge, etc., the oh, Heralds, yeah. and then it was, so you start at Kranix or pick an arbitrary sequence of planets, every so many turns, flip one of the planets, it does a thing, maybe it, it puts from out of play Cyclonus into play, and then mm-hmm. Cyclone, the Unicron player, or the, the game, if it's controlling it, does it, and then eventually you work your way to Cybertron if you, if you don't defeat him before that, and then he transforms, etc., like there's a, a bunch of... Without getting into the details, this is all, you know, again, shower thoughts that I've had. But that would also allow them to, you know, that's a way to insert Cyclonus, insert Scourge into the game. Although it looks like Earthrise may provide some, an outlet for some of these characters anyway. I know Galvatron was like tucked away in some of the promo. He's on the box art somewhere. Yeah, so. And we had that Cyclonus in a bag show up in that hostage photo. um, Yeah. (laughs) Right. So. God. If I wasn't if I wasn't campaigning so hard for Action Master Elite Omega Supreme, I can guarantee <laughs> I'd be pushing super hard for Galvatron, Scourge, and Cyclonus. I love season three of G One the most of all G One. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, wow. Me, me and my friend Eric yeah, I... have a lot of conversations about Ghost of Starscream and how that could work as a translucent card you lay over other character cards. I would love that. That would be spectacular. <laughs> um, I, I I have a huge adoration for for G One season three back hmm. in the two thousands when streaming video just started and when rhino dvds were coming out i finally you know uh caught up on the season two stuff i'd always imagined was the best and i never really seen mm. and uh where i de- de- definitely don't fit in with a lot of fans off the street is i think season three is awesome uh i think season one is a really cool 13 episode arc mm-hmm. uh quote-unquote arc for a toy commercial and I, I just found season two is the one i forget the most and i fell asleep watching season two episodes more often than any other um, yeah, I could see that. There are some, aside from the, obviously, there's some questionable things. There's, on one end of the spectrum, there's questionable things on the other end of, like, the episode where the guy is hunting Transformers. Oh, I forgot about that one. That That's usually my go-to one when I yeah. tell people, I say, yeah, some of the G2 stuff is really, or G2, season two stuff is really silly. And they're like, no, come on, it was a toy cartoon, but it wasn't that bad, was it? I'm like, there's, there's Craven the Hunter killing Transformers or trying to kill Transformers with literal bear traps and stuff. Like, come on. Yeah, that's the the, the man with the very British name that I always... Like, it turns into mush when I try to remember it. It's like, yeah. Lord Huxtable Waterberry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, something else. Se- season 3, this is me. I, I always attribute a bit too much to Season 3 than probably was intended. Although, mm-hmm. a lot of those writers... Like, one of those writers, uh, he... he learned writing as an eager young nerd from like Ursula Le Guin at one of her like writing courses or whatever. So like those are writers, a lot of 80s TV writers were basically young nerds who really like they wanted to write sci-fi fantasy and this was their way in. Gotcha. Um, 
but uh, season three to me is Transformers with consequences. It makes the 86 movie actually matter in yeah. that uh, it's like, okay, what happens when you remove the, the, the true 100% cartoon caricature hero and villain leaders? Uh, you end up with two factions that are hurt and damaged. They are trying to deal with the repercussions of their big event movie. Uh, Cybertronians are now just out in the galaxy. Earth is, is just part of a large... Like, the, the fact that mm. season three is galaxy-spanning, they just have aliens everywhere. And it's, it's it's you know, pretty goofy a lot of the time. Of course, but I like, it's a cartoon. I like the world-building element of it. That like, Absolutely. Now, now Transformers are not just... in They're not um, lost uh, orphans on Earth. They are part of a galactic community. Uh, Rodimus Prime is is well aware that he has been like physically force matured into leadership in a way that is like it doesn't work. Right. Uh, Galvatron has been lying in a pool of lava for five years, and his brain is half melted. And, and I, I love that the like you know for all the faults, obviously the five faces of darkness has on a technical mm. level. I just like thematically that it's been five years. Cyclonus is so sure if we just get our leader back, everything's going to be fine. And when he finds him, I got bad news for you, Cyclonus. <laughs> he's completely deranged. Yes, and, and I love that in season three, Cyclonus is kind of arc. You know, for uh, there are little I feel arcs in season three as best as they could manage. Right. Um. For for what they were trying to do with with a toy commercial, but like Cyclonus's arc is almost that he is just really, really, um, almost almost pathetically just trying so hard to believe that like we everything can go back to how it was if we just if I just get the leader if I get Galvatron back on his feet, <laughs> get that great episode Web World where he's like if yes, I just get it yes. help, then I can get him back on his feet. Uh, yeah. So I, I have a lot of love for season three. I, I honestly think season three is is the most watchable G one if you're an adult now and you haven't watched it for a long time. Mm. Uh, it's just, it's 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 very memorable. There's just a lot going on, and and also a lot of folks' nostalgia memories are based on season one and two because it's where all the Earth vehicles are. Of course, um, you get a lot more surprises in season three. I think uh, that's true, especially, especially stuff like Oct- Octane, for instance. Yep. Uh, and I was, I was going to actually wind this into how one of my favorite things about this Transformers TCG, aside from it's so nice that a Transformers non-toy thing is good. Yes. Um, <laughs> is, is that uh, <laughs> it's true. It's the, <laughs> it's the saddest joke that's still funny. I mean, to be fair, uh, we other fandoms do have it worse in that respect where it's, yeah, you cringe a little bit if such and such is slapped on something. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, what was it? I like the artwork. I heard the game's okay. I still haven't played it. I just read a bunch of feedback afterwards. The Godzilla collectible card game, Chrono Clash Godzilla. Yes. Uh, the yeah. collectible, not actually collectible card game. It's all in one box. Right, right. Um, Chrono Clash system has its fans. I read a lot of people who love Naruto Chrono Clash, who basically were like, after Evangelion Chrono Clash came out, they were like, yeah, Godzilla's the one we don't talk about. <laughs> and I'm like, that, that sucks. That really sucks. <laughs> yeah. In this, in this tiny environment of this this fairly young game that has like four sets, Godzilla is the one you don't talk about, and it came yeah. out less than a year ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tr- uh, the other thing I really like about our, our TCG is that, uh, with exceptions, thematics always seem to shine through in this TCG. Like yes. right, right down to some of the, when we get into the hard, hard uh, top tier meta play, mm. uh, the I still feel like the thematics manage to exist there. Like uh, just thinking about the EI, like Galaxy Prime as a card is designed to be a centerpiece, but it's like, yeah, this is also this is Galaxy Convoy. This was the hero of a kid's like eight in the morning anime series from the mid two thousands who did super robot nonsense constantly. Of course, like of course, there's going to be a powerful deck that is built around basically him. <laughs> Right, and right. a couple of a couple of friends who are like uh, the modules on a shuttle that detach as he goes further into orbit. Right, um, and uh, or you know the Insecticons, like yeah, of course they're going to be hard aggro. Like they're the Insecticons; they're just literally a swarm. Yep. Uh, Octone as a Merc, like it's a bit of a tweak, but it's right down to his his appearances in the old cartoon. Yeah, he's he's an allegianceless dude who's going to shoot everybody. Because... It's kind of a deep cut. I don't know if it's that deep, but yeah, it it, it is mm-hmm. definitely there. Yeah, yeah, he. Octone just wants to be left alone, and everyone keeps messing with him, so he's going to keep flipping and pinging them. <laughs> and <then, yeah. laughs> every once in a while, punch really hard if you're on I the wrong side. I got with your with your face on it. Actually, if you just come back over here for a second. Uh, but yeah, the, the the like Titan Master's attack is actually the first time where, I've, and it's it's not actually the TCG's fault necessarily. Mm. 
it's the first time the thematics have really had a stretch for me where I'm I'm really hyped to run Chrome Dome because I love how Chrome Dome basically has his comic book Nemo surgery ability. Yes. Uh, in the in the comic book, he can deploy these needles from his fingers and he can pretty much do Nemo surgery. He can do surgery on your cyber brain. And so the way that they <laughs> did that in the game, I still love it, is he does brain surgery on your deck and makes your deck forget a card. Yep. Mm-hmm. Really. <laughs> uh, pretty much, yeah. The only and the only thing that I have to think about is like, okay, if I'm running Chrome Dome, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm running his head. Uh, right. Yeah, because the, yeah. the the game has gone with um, the version, and this is the thing uh, for folks who are not as deep in the fiction that might sound kind of crazy. I'm sure you're all like, there must be a good story explanation for why the heads are different characters. Funny you ask, because Scott had that identical question a few months ago. <laughs> I'm gonna lay this out. <laughs> Go ahead. So one time. There was stories where the heads were nebulans, who were a planet of basically humans, but not. Uh, and they binary bonded with Transformers, so that they were sort of... Uh, the Transformer was the body, and then the the nebulan would turn into the head. But the whole time, they're kind of in a not-symbiotic relationship, but a semi-symbiotic relationship. They're two individuals who also kind of have a... They have a crossed-over Venn diagram of their brains. Uh in, in, in Japan, the little robot was just the robot. The body was an extension of the... It was like a, a, a suit, basically. It was like a mech suit that they, they yeah. plug into, which I've always kind of preferred because it's easier for me to deal with uh, fictionally. Mm. The, the bummer about Titan Masters is when the toy line came out, they very much were riding this weird line between the two, where especially in the American version, the Titan Masters version, the Titan Masters were supposed to be able to control literal titans. Uh but they were also kind of like the Nebulans, but they weren't Nebulan. They were just little Transformers. And uh, there was never fiction made to really flesh any of that out. And the bummer is when you look at Clobber. That's the biggest one for me. Mm. Uh, especially where the TCG has now done more for Clobber, fictionally, with his stratagem. <laughs> yeah, Because like, like Clobber is not Grimlock. Clobber is a Dinobot who can turn into Grimlock's head. But Grimlock's not a body. Grimlock's doing his own thing. He's fine. So, like, who's Clobber? Is Clobber like a, a, yeah. a Dinobot fan? Is, is... <laughs> it's it's funny because, like I said, we Scott and I when we I think it must have been like around the first reveal or the announcement. Yeah. We had basically the same discussion that Titan Masters or Headmasters or all whatever people want to refer to it as never really got that explanation. At least combiners in the comics, I appreciate their attempt at defining what it's like when they're combined but i think Mm. it's also outside excuse me that if you take a step back and look at it it kind of makes sense that if you have this mind meld okay there's five or six cybertronians they combine and now they're this new thing they may have all the knowledge and memories or whatever of the combination but it's an independent entity when you do this where okay, can the body function on its own? Does it just do its own thing? Or is it just effectively a corpse that you're you're standing on? Like, it, it gets real weird. And to your point, like, I've never seen a satisfactory explanation. Yeah, the, with the TCG, what I, especially if folks are struggling thematically, and, and that is a legit struggle with our TCG, because the theme is so strong that when theme starts to get... It's more um, noticeable when it breaks yeah, down. Yeah, like like if it starts to if it starts to speed bump, it can actually be quite a stopgap um, for folks. Like, look, just look at some of the Facebook group conversations when Titan Masters Attack was being spoiled, and and there were folks going like, "I'm having trouble with the character art side of this because I want Chrome Dome, but but then like, what if I plug Optimus's head on him? And like, right. mechanically, it's like, well, it's fine, but thematically, yeah, it can mess with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just take it in in the most base version of the Nebulan uh, arrangement where the bodies are the characters. Uh, that that is the, that is Chrome Dome. That is still an autonomous Chrome Dome who currently needs to partner up with someone to um, sort of finish the cerebral connections between parts of his body and the rest of his body, and then also gain the benefit of whatever skill set whoever's operating the head uh, happens to possess. The bummer of this is we basically have to come up with characters for a lot of those heads. Yeah, uh, yeah. O- Ominous does not exist in any speaking role in any fiction. Yeah. So, uh, Black Shadow or, or Sky Shadow, uh, hmm. b- 
being such a dominant force absolutely is thematic with uh, his IDW appearance, where he's one of the Phase Sixers, one of these yep. world and literal like a, a one man world ending entity that is Phase Six of like a seven phase invasion plan. Uh, that totally works. Ominous, you just got to figure is like okay, so, something was up with uh, with Sky Shadow. Sky Shadow, I mean, got got uh, arrested and executed by the Decepticon Justice Division. I was about to say that maybe that's the excuse. <laughs> yeah. So hey, guess what? He's a Phase Sixer. Blowing him up might not have you know completely eradicated his spark. And Ominous might just be the the kind of lunatic who's like, no, nah, I'll rebuild him and I'll become his brain. <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I love that the stratagem is called like Sky Shadow Formation because it's like yeah, this is anime as hell. I love it. Oh yeah, like, I do, uh, I definitely love the not to break your train of thought, but the one well not the only one, but definitely a thumbs up on the way the design team did a lot of it is the art and I was coming in thinking that the whole like having the head slide underneath and that sort of thing would be weird, but aesthetically comes together pretty well for me like i actually on, like it on fangry it's fantastic the yeah. way the mirror just rises up behind him after you flip him over oh my god uh, it looks spe- fangry is I, I mean my my dog well she is way gentler than fangry is but is she <laughs> she's an all black dog and every time i look at fangry i picture her and you can't see it behind my green screen my wife got uh for my birthday there's somebody online that d- this is going way off topic. I'm sorry. My, she got me a a portrait painted of her, the dog as like a 15th century duchess. <laughs> and it, it's I I should have pulled it so I have it hanging back there. But it it looks hilarious, and I kind of want to ha- like I have no artistic ability, but I kind of want to get somebody to paint or you know like alter the done. art on my fangry to put. <laughs> I don't know if Fangry's, uh, well, Fangry's going to wear a dress or yeah, whatever. I mean, <laughs> Fangry, Fangry is still stuck in the 80s. Fangry is, <laughs> is still a wolf wearing a unitard. Yes. So, you know, it, it's just step up. It's a, it's classy Fangry. Yes. That's that's that's, that's uh, formal dress Fangry. Exactly. Just every once in a while, it's the Decepticon Grand Ball, like once every thousand years or so, since we have the four million year war, but. Yeah. Uh, I totally yeah, sidetracked that... everything, but anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was I was also like, uh, what was it like a hundred years ago? I was like, anyway, I'm not going to drag on this TCG talk too much. And then I'm like, anyway, <laughs> TCG thematics. Let me tell you all about how much I love those. Hey, it, it blends uh, the two subjects. I mean, it it it's one of those things that, especially with Dan, I don't know. Did we say this publicly yet, Scott? About Dan in the movie? I think he's trying to do it tomorrow or day after tomorrow. I think he put it on. He's. I know he's gonna have a watch party. Okay, I didn't know if he put it up. We're Dan has yeah, never seen the '86 movie, so he's never he's never watched any Transformers media. He's any, well, he's never seen any G1. He's watched Prime, oh, he and he saw Bumblebee, and he saw all the he saw all the Beavers, and he saw he's seen Bumblebee like four times. He loves Bumblebee. Okay, he's never he's never seen any of the animated like G1 stuff. So uh, we're we're conning him into watching it but where i was going with it is like we have our world champion who's not that well versed in it. i'm sure there's other tcg people that are coming in and be like i had no idea that was the case about transformers so i would i, I in your position i probably would have spent like a month going like oh man yeah you should put it off you don't want to know what happens to your boy perceptor oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like i know you i'm I, hey it's a good card you made a cool card but oh perceptor why'd you have to you shouldn't have gone with perceptor oh, oh buddy man because then when he watches it he'll end it and he'll just be like call you up like what what did i miss <laughs> <laughs> there's an after credit stinger did you want oh no and it runs back <laughs> Hey, speaking of speaking of which, one more TCG thing. Yeah, yeah. thing I'm looking forward to doing. I still haven't got any promos because all, all my stores are closed. And mm-hmm. then uh, uh, lockdown happens like two or three months before the thing comes out. Usually, hmm. if I pre-order a booster box, it's like a month to a couple weeks before it comes out. Yeah, yeah. I thought nothing of it. All the stores, I did so much messaging. They're like, oh, we only had enough promos for the pre-orders. Or, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Most of them did. Yeah. Right. Or one store was like, well, we have a Perceptor. He's part of a special deal we're doing where if you buy four boxes, you get a Perceptor. And I was like, I guess that's technically by a box because the four boxes come in a box. Yes, <laughs> technically so I, that is one box <laughs> by some I definition. I still haven't seen his name on the card in person. Uh, I got a hookup, I think. <laughs> okay, as long as you got somebody to get it to you, that's the they're one shipping, thing. They're shipping out more. Don't worry about that. They're shipping out more. So yeah, yeah that's what I figured. Right. right. Yeah. 
They uh, That was the one complaint I had, and I said that to Dan, I think, on one of our live streams, is that I felt his name should be more prominent on all of it. It's there. You can definitely see it, but it's... I think it would have been cooler if it was, you know, gigantic. It's very, is, it, is it as fady in person as it looks in the images? Yeah, it, it's kind of the, the might, foil. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, unfortunately. I, mean, I, I, I kind of get it. They don't want the mechanics to get to get confused, but also I'd be like, no, but also put, my, okay, put it in fady. Also, just change the font by about 20 points. Yeah. Uh, make it the entire, make it, make it the mechanics over just a very large, damn. Plus, it, <laughs> it's one of those... I I get the from their perspective of yeah you don't want to have thing there was actually a thing for a while for magic that people would get confused on their first few playthroughs by flavor text on the cards because they mm. would be reading the card and then they would get to the flavor text and just keep reading and go I don't understand what the hell is happening here what, <laughs> why, why are these drudge skeletons like their history I don't understand how that affects things yeah. uh, so I get that but at the same time it's a a promo you don't even get it in the packs. And it also says created by. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like at some point somebody's going to read it and go, oh, I guess that's not part of the rules text. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like too far of a logical jump. Uh, the worst I can think of is someone's like, do, do I got to call them to ask if I can use the card? Yeah, <laughs> is, yeah we'll put his cell phone on every card. Yeah. <laughs> or it's hey, email. Dan, hi, you don't know me. My name is Bill. I just had a question about the mechanics of your card. Do yeah, I know. No, I live in Australia. It's fine. This is the question they're going to ask you, zero a pile. That's what they're going to ask 100% of the time. Because <laughs> that, that's come up a lot. It's come up a few times. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Um. <laughs> the TCG rules logic has actually helped me a lot with the board games I've been trying to play. Cause, yeah, uh, I can t- see that. Our, our TCG rules logic of just do what it says and assume the most literal, yes. about yeah. 50% of the time works for a lot of board games that have uh, rule books written by the designers, is how I would put it. Yes, uh, I would agree with that. Because there's, there's a lot of rule books I've encountered. Now that I'm getting uh, stretching my legs in tabletop, I, l- I love also like walking into conversations about tabletop and card games where generally everyone else has been doing it longer than me, mm. and I'm tremendously excited about <laughs> things like AI decks. Uh-huh. Uh, but the thing I notice about some rule books that are weaker is often it's like this rule book doesn't seem like it was written by someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. It feels like it was written by the designer in stage eight of playtesting where mm. they've forgotten that a lot of the shorthand is in their brain because that's all they're doing. Exactly. Yeah, that, uh, that definitely comes up a lot as I'm trying to even jump genres. It's not even necessarily card games or TCGs to board games. It could be other card games, not even necessarily collectible card games. It's a it's a yeah. deck builder. It's a whatever. And it's just, okay, well, all of my history of playing these games says this is how these things interact. But is that actually how they interact? <laughs> oh, yeah. A big one that, that Transformers actually taught me to think about is uh, Aeon's End actually is a great example. It's it's basically a deck builder board game mm-hmm. um, that has many, many iterations now that are all mixable, etc. And one big question I immediately hit was like, okay, when my deck empties, is that when I recycle or do I recycle when I go to draw? And right. thankfully, their rulebook, I felt, actually explain that when i dug in and looked for the timing mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's like it's like what's the most logical thing uh usually that's fine but when it comes to recycling like with our game for instance it, it helped me immensely when they laid out yeah recycle happens you you in in fact at interrupt speed basically mm-hmm. recycle yeah. happens you stop everything and recycle exactly uh and and knowing to, to try to find that distinction helped me a lot that's one of my little things that i'm very proud of I'm just gonna pat myself on the back while I'm on someone else's podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's very, very proud of from from the EI was uh, two opponents said that I was very nice to play against because I, I pay attention to my mechanics very clearly, and I'm mm. I'm very happy about that because that's one of the things I know I can do is say <laughs> what I'm doing as I'm doing it and not rush. Right. Uh, the, the only bummer is that when someone else starts rushing, then I end up having to be the jerk, going like, "Wait, I actually have lost track of what you're doing." <laughs> But He's that's one of those back. things that it's, it, I guess, to the, I guess, the general inexperience idea, not to put that on you, but it's one of those that we've said it many times going to big events. Like, you have to learn to be comfortable doing that. It's not you're being a jerk. It's just, look, yeah. man, I need you. I need you to chill out because reasons, whatever it happens to be. And it's perfectly fine. Like, thank goodness we don't have straight up interrupt speed because that's still one of the most fun, but also most socially awkward things about magic. 
yeah. is when someone's doing their thing and you got to go like, well, uh, well uh, yeah, you're real. You're real hype right now. Oh, <laughs> or I'm is that most fun when you ruin their fun? I'm tapping too blue. <laughs> uh, I think you know what's about to happen. It's <laughs> actually a, a, a thing I, I playing arena magic helped me with this a lot was learning that the way to not get so frustrated playing against blue is that you play with the idea that you're uh, uniquely against blue players. You're trying to think about the probability of their counter spells existing in their hand and that that's a slightly different set of linear thought than if you're playing against someone who's building creatures and etc. And that, that was another little epiphany I had. Uh, I, I like with our game, we just got secret actions and mm. that's kind of like we, I feel like everyone sort of knows like, all right, I'm going to, going to attack yep. pause meaningful <laughs> glance there there's definitely breakpoints that are natural compared yeah. to the way that we do it as compared to what you're saying or we're saying about magic i mean yeah also just quick apologies to all the active magic players who feel like i'm just like literally just like <laughs> pants off, just sitting down on your game and <laughs> he does he he wasn't kidding when he said he liked it i've listened to podcasts where he was talking about it it's true it just it happened to come out this way yeah like, like I, I have a i have a big thing this comes from my background coaching fencing and and, and being in, in a fencing coaching family since birth basically uh i have a big thing about accessibility of games for the the recreational player hmm. uh and that that's where i think that transformers is also so strong is that it's it's almost harder to not accommodate a recreational player because half the time a recreational player's deck is like a pretty straightforward like aggro deck Right, right. That, 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 like, if you don't pay attention to what's going on, can you can be like, "Oh, wait, you just killed my guy." Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Uh, Whoops! But, did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're we're and and just one of my my biggest problems with uh with Magic uniquely, and, and I haven't looked into a lot of other games, but like I found Final Fantasy TCG when I, I picked up a starter deck, it, it seemed like I was getting a decent deck that could hang. Uh, Transformers is so accessible, and I I just have a I have a big thing about accommodating and making sure that. It's not uh, it's not a ton of work for someone to just come and play, right? And and magic always asserts in its messaging. How you just go to Friday Night Magic? I went to Friday Night Magic with a fun uh, mono white life gain deck uh, that had these lion dudes who would like start self buffing every time you gain life. It was really fun. Everyone else, there was one guy playing a red deck because. You know, dot dot dot. Yeah, uh, of course. And then there were four players running whatever the core 2019 version of it was. That was God Pharaoh's gift. It was just okay. a, a certain combo deck. A ton of people were running, uh, and they all ended up wiping me for the most part. I had a good fight with the red deck guy, but every God Pharaoh's gift player was like, "Oh, it's so nice that like a fifth person showed up for standard night. Oh, it's it's so <laughs> refreshing to play against a different deck." And I was sitting there going, "Like, I don't know. How, I actually don't know how to tell you guys that you could." you could do that too too. (laughs) especially if there's only like four people showing up for standard fnm like you might see the writing on the wall at a certain point (laughs) yeah like like i get it god pharaoh's gift is a cool combo there's a cool combo to watch yeah yeah but uh, someone told me that combo's been around since like last year because that's from like a set that's about to go out of rotation i'm Mm -hmm. like so i've been running this deck for like a year yeah uh and and, yeah it's 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 a big thing like like in-store play is so important and magic always asserts well if you want to play casual just play at home and i'm like okay but what about people who don't have friends at home to play with for whom going to the store is the thing yeah uh and and uh, you know to to continue buffing our game a little bit transformers feels like when it does in-store events it's like at at worst you got a strong local meta and that's like a big in air quotes at worst yeah exactly Uh, you know, like Transformers doesn't assert this constant pressure of like, well, you've got to go in order to get your estimated value of your event thing. So you get the, the F and M packs, you might pull a mythic foil, right? You know, there's, there's the, the prizing is, uh, and, and I think prizing is great too. It's just, it, it always feels like with magic, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very uh, 100% thing. It's either we're all in with a message of this game's fun and for everyone or, or, we are all in on a prizing structure that, like, somehow discourages uh, deck variability. Um, 
and and I've, that then gets me yelling more about how I love Transformers because we had so many decks. Anyway, like, I, and and and, yeah, yeah. and I'm always coming. Like, I, I say this on our podcast a lot. I'm always coming from like a very I got into this two years ago now or one and a half years ago now right. uh, perspective. Um, but I I kind of like having this perspective because I feel like it's one that that can translate to folks who who could be new players for the game. And in Toronto, like uh, uh, what I would call a problem we've had is that. We have we have players. I feel like we have a very hard time getting new players, uh, and we we are definitely not like you know also like trying to scare people off. We don't have a, when a new person shows up, it's not like oh cool new player. Let me sit you down with a major shockwave deck, and I'll show yeah. you how this. I'll show you what <laughs> I'm going to learn you a thing or two. You like your hand, <laughs> uh, but but uh, we we also kind of we 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 don't have a lot of new players coming in. Uh, at least as mm. of like wave four, uh, right? And it's it's very it's very difficult to welcome people in because you you have magic always attracting people um, with with its various baubles, its its prestige, yeah. etc. There's a level of inertia as well there. Yeah, and uh, and 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 so I you know it, it's one of my my eternal quan- eternal of the uh, that's about ten months long eternal quandaries <laughs> of of how do I how do I create a, a welcoming atmosphere that also can look welcoming. Uh, next to you know weekly prize packs and etc. And also I'm right. I don't have the personality that can kickstart an entire community. I can I can be a member of a community, but I don't know how to be the the igniter, the focal point that like gets stuff going. Um, I try my best, but like it, I'm I'm not able to be there every week, for instance. Uh, and it's 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 a it's a weird thing to think about with card games that that to me was the strangest thing. Uh, hmm. is, is the idea of the game that you're playing is not necessarily the most important thing to think about in the long term. You also have to think about how you get other people to keep playing it in your area right. uh, so that you can keep playing it. And yeah, there's, yeah, there are some additional, again, like we talked about this a while ago now, I guess, but the metagame or metagames surrounding magic with other capacities, but every game has to deal with that, the game of getting more bodies in and maintaining the <clears throat> both the player base and continuing to grow because it's it's one of those if you it's common obviously not always but if you start to stagnate then just real life and you start hemorrhaging people as a result because i mean you even said it you know you can't be there every week well if it turns out when you show up it's only one other person every time a few weeks of that kind of wears on you, that sort of thing. So yeah. it, it is definitely a challenge. And we've been fortunate in our area that, you know, we have a large community and we also have these large events that we, I mean, even now the ones we're doing online with significant prize pools in order to try and use that as the carrot. But yeah. you're absolutely right. You also need the, it's one thing to just show up and play for prizes. Another thing you show up and you play and you, you want to play because you want to go hang out with those people. Or spend time, yeah, or or like it's in. How do you put this? Because again, it's so weird to talk about this without sounding like the onus is put on literally every player. Mm -hmm. Because at a certain point, that becomes ridiculous. But it's like the ideal scenario is a new person who shows up plays against someone who win or lose is so such an enjoyable experience that they're like, I love playing this game here with this community. Yep. and and like in Toronto, that that we are very fortunate too. Like all things considered, Toronto, I came to learn, is like a modern center of magic in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a place that is just barreling over the rim with modern players and commander players. Uh, huge Pokemon scenes over at face to face games. It is hard for Transformers to fit anywhere here because the city is big enough that there's tons of people playing modern magic. Right. Uh, which invariably means that they're also pushing out room for other folks to, to come into stores. And so we've had gotcha. more than one store in this town welcome Transformers, which is more than you can say for a lot of places in Canada or America. Like right. in any smaller city, it's it's a complete dice roll. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, like the, 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 the perfect scenario is one where there is there is the carrot of, of enticing prizing uh, mixed with the constant fun experience with a, a cherry on top of, of interesting alternate fan formats uh, yep. near the end of the cycle of a set. And it's, it's like, okay, so all we not, all, all we got to do is hire a project manager and then <laughs> we can get that. Stuff. Oh, we'll just put one in every store and they, yeah. it will solve Everybody. all the problems. Right. It's that yeah, simple. And, and, well, and I've even had people say like, well, I mean, that's kind of on the store and I'm like, oh, it is. But if we, if we just tell the store it's on you, they're going to say, okay, I'll just do more magic. 
Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you yeah. gotta, gotta, gotta play nice with the story. Exactly. It helps, like, three kingdoms in Toronto, we've had uh, Saul um, running the, the downtown Toronto store, and he legit actually enjoys Transformers as well, in part because he got a bit tired of magic. Gotcha. And uh, that's that's always going to be one of Transformers' uh, big strengths, is that the game is is actually good. So <laughs> yeah. people who want to look for another game to play, it's like it's it's an enticing one to go into because you're not having to really come up with reasons to play it. Right, uh, right. Yeah, you don't have to go out of your way because that is if you're if you're not the top dog like Magic is, and obviously if they are, it's not you. You got to yeah. have something else, and this there are definitely all of the various facets that we talked about play into it. Folks, it should come as no surprise at this point that between Scott and I, and then we bring on somebody else, we manage to elongate the entire thing. This particular recording is going to be broken up into multiple parts, so definitely stay tuned, because while we spent a lot of time talking about the TCG in this portion, we get into a variety of other topics in the others. So as always, thank you for listening, thank you for watching, and Black Lives Matter.